Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's on the radio. There must be some mistake. You black? Annoying Negro since 1969. Home of Reese on the Radio. Whack FM. All right, ladies, buckle up. It's What's going on, all you scallywags out there? You know what time it is. It's time for the world's most hated and most racist online show in America. The most racist online show in America. It's the Reese on the Radio Rundown with yours truly, Mr. Reese on the Radio. I know it's been a long time since I've been here. Hello, Carl. And thank you all for joining us. For those of you who are, if you miss me and you're wondering, it's like, when is he coming back? I told you I'd be back on the second. And I made sure I was here. And I had a whole bunch of other stuff that I wanted to do and I rather would have done. I'll tell you what I'd rather have done. I'd rather have slept. I really wanted to sleep. Just so I could cuddle up in my bed, probably play a little bit of online golf, and just relax. But I said, no! My adoring fans, wait for me! <laughs> I'm shooting myself for that corniness. Hello, Mr. Beckman. Welcome back, sir. I heard the unfortunate news uh, the other day about our good friend and a guy that I give a hard time to. Um, it doesn't mean I'm now going to give him a hard time anymore. I just want him to know that if he is listening, um, I'm going to give him a shout out today. Yusef Kente, who I'm going to give a shout out to today. 
Let me say this. I am a man of my word. If I say for the rest of his life I'm going to bash him, I'm going to get on his case, and I'm going to treat him like the stepchild he is, I am going to fulfill that promise. But, but, I do want to say it is mournful to know that he just got a diagnosis recently um, that he is concerned about, I'm concerned about, and as a friend, um, I wish him all the best, and you know we're rooting for him no matter what. Um, I want him. Let me let me say this, and I'm going to say this right to you, Yusef Kente, and whoever is out there listening who knows Yusef Kente, let him know that right now, at three minutes past the hour, that Reset Radio said this. I want you to beat this, so that you can stick around, so I can continue to beat you. <laughs> That's what I mean. I want you to stick around as long as possible so I can keep spanking your ass on every topic there is. So, you better beat this. I want you to beat this. And we have nothing but love for you over here. We salute you, partner. And uh, I'm not going to talk about his personal business. If he wants to call up and, and talk about it, he's got a platform here. And um, anything we can do to help, we got his back. Uh, Yusef Kente. Anyway, enough about that. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. I don't know whether or not this dad is actually, the, the, but my rumble is weird. It's been bugging out for the last couple of weeks. Um, yes, Happy New Year. Uh, Rama, Happy New Year. Carl, Happy New Year. John Beckman, and all of you, Happy New Year. WTIC, those fine people uh, put me up uh, all last week. And in the whole time, I only got two pieces of hate mail, which is a good sign, because usually I get more than that. <laughs> two pieces of hate mail. Uh, and I want to thank the two gentlemen who sent that hate mail. It had nothing to do with the topic in which I was covering at the time, but one of them was smart enough to take down the post after I exposed him for being a cretin that he was, uh, standing on the dead bodies of individuals in Buffalo. Uh, to give you a little background on that, I was talking about the inept uh, response to the blizzard that happened in Buffalo, New York. And I've talked about Buffalo ad nauseum on this program because I live there. And I talked about how successful Buffalo has always been in its response to snowstorms because in essence, it's Buffalo. They always get snowstorms. And this time was particularly bad because they got some 56 inches of snow. That's a lot, not compared to what they got back in the 1800s or I think it was 1913 when they got somewhere around 11 well, 111 inches. That's a lot of snow. But 56 inches is still a lot of snow. And the response was abysmal. And I pointed out that Buffalo not being able to handle this snow was horrible because 25 people at the time I talked about it had died. And I said that is a direct response from mismanagement of the city. And sure enough, there's some bozo who's probably an affirmative action hire. Yeah, I said it. Some foolish Negro 
who was elected because Buffalo's got to atone for its past sins or whatever it is that they've always got. And this dude gets hired, and it's been year after year after year, Buffalo has not been able to shovel itself out of snow. Its response has been horrible. And again, we're talking about what they used to do in the 90s, and that was handle the problem, to what they're doing in the 2022s, where they're not handling it for five years in a row. And I brought that up. And then somebody had the nerve to suggest, doesn't Reese know that there are 25 people out there who died? I'm like, who? Do you think I'm blaming the 25 people who died for their unfortunate deaths? No. I'm talking about the management of the Buffalo elected officials who could not handle a snowstorm that they get every year. And sure enough, I was right. Sure enough, I was right. The elected officials that in or around Buffalo are tired of this mayor. Because every year he can't seem to manage a freaking snowstorm that comes every year. It's predictable. And he's never prepared. And so after I said that, the bozo, whoever it was, God bless him, took it down. At least he had the foresight. To, maybe somebody got into his ear and said, hey, dude, take it down. You, you, he's right. You're standing on the bodies of dead people to make a point, which is exactly what that piece of garbage did. And if he's listening, yes, I still mean that. You're a cretin. Um, anyway, that being said, uh, I don't know what's going on with fat chicks. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't mean that in a bad way, okay? Rotund women, beautiful. Rubenesque women. I got no problem with you. Botticelli-sized women, you know who you are. I got nothing but love for you. You know what I always say? Skinny broads have a salad. Big girls have a meal. I got nothing against big girls. I've dated two, married one. I got nothing against the big girls. God bless the big girls. But I'm talking to the fat chicks, and you know who you are. You know, the, the angry ones. The ones that's always shaming the skinny broads, calling them skinny bitches and things like that. Pardon my language, ladies. But you know those women, those angry, animosity-having Fat broads. And I say it with that, ugh, fat broads. Always telling the rest of us how to live when she can't control her diet. Telling us what we should do with ourselves while she can't put down the Twinkies. You know, you. Yes, yes, I said it. Telling the rest of us how we need to behave. But forget your own behavior that got you into this fat mess you're in. Big girls, God bless you. <laughs> Fat chicks, F you. So I'm making a distinction here. Okay? Just so we know. Pay very close attention. Big buckets of reasons why someone might engage. Generally speaking, there's three kind of big buckets of reasons why someone might engage in intentional weight loss. First is desirability, second, health, third, stigma. 
How would you know? How would you know why people would get into uh, health and wellness? How would you know? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You're actually giving us advice on why somebody would improve that, why, why they would work on their fitness? Hold on, let's, let's make sure we get this correct. Generally speaking, there's three kind of big buckets of reasons why someone might engage in intentional weight loss. Oh, intentional weight loss, said the big girl. What's going on, Jeff? Okay, let, let's go. First is desirability, second, health, third, stigma. But at the end of the day, all of those are rooted in fat phobia. No, 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 it's not. It's not rooted in fat phobia. What are we in fear of? What, what are we in fear of? What, fat phobia? We have a fear of fat what? That you're going to eat all the food? That you're going to meet us in a crowded elevator? That you're going to hog all the ho-hos? What is it that we're in fear of? I'm not in fear of you. In different ways, and I'll explain. First, desirability. That is kind of the most obvious when it comes to fat phobia. We currently live in a society that uplifts thinness, able-bodiedness, whiteness, cisness. What? I, I, we've got no problem with any of that, and a big girl can be sexy. If it's done right, if it's just sloppy, it's just sloppy. But a big broad could be sexy. Why not? I've seen plenty of big girls that are hot. Hey, if you want to see the big girls that are hot, watch that De La Soul music video. I'm serious. De La Soul, baby fat, spelled P-H-A-T. Watch that music video. There's a lot of big girls in that music video. And those girls in that music, there's this is one girl wearing a blue, uh, a light blue uh, it looks like a suede little jumper, little brown skin girl. When what's that? She's a, she's got to be the hottest chick in the whole video. But she's a big girl, and that whole everything about her is banging. That whole music video is filled with. It, I mean, it's called Baby Fat. It's talking about you know big girls. The song is about big girls, and the girls in the music video are banging. And the song is about not checking out the skinny chicks. There's some big girls out there who wear the big drawers and they look good. Adele looked, that's right, Amy said Adele looked great with the weight on her, absolutely, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little upset at the, um, the Aussie girl who lost all the weight, the comedian chick, yeah, I think Adele solidified big hotness, absolutely, absolutely, you know, now I'll admit that the, whatever her name is, why, somebody's going to tell me her name, but the, the, I think she's Australian, maybe she's something else, but, um, uh, 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 Rip, um, Rebel Wilson. I'll admit, Rebel Wilson was maybe maybe a tad overweight, maybe a little too big. But when she did that satire movie where she was caught in a romance novel, she was kind of cute. You know, Amy Schumer. She's a big girl. Who said she couldn't be a romantic lead in a comedy? She was. She was and heterosexuality as the things that are most desirable. And so if you are wanting to lose weight in order to become more desirable, you are upholding a fat phobic beauty standard. Now look, I don't think that this young lady cannot be attractive. I think what she does is she completely mussies up her look. So does the thumb her nose and a Mindy Kaling. Exactly, not bad. Melissa McCarthy wore her weight pretty well. Exactly. 
But she's, look at what she does. She colors her hair. You know, these type of girls will put a bunch of piercings in their face. It's a sort of like thumbing their nose at beauty. You know, being the antithesis. I'm going to make myself so outrageous to let you know that I'm going to rock on a ball and fall your beauty standards. I'm not going to fall for them. So I'm going to put holes in my face and put tattoos on my ear and wear 92 earrings and I punch myself in the eyeball. Just weird stuff. She's not a bad looking girl. What she needs is a man to love her. I'm sorry that I know that's good. God, that sounds horrible. I heard it when it came out of my mouth. It sounded like she, yeah, I'm sorry. Look, listen to me. Listen to me. She needs a man to love her, to accept her for who she is. She would totally, she would abandon every nonsensical thing she's saying right now if she got a good-looking guy who saw her worth. They would come to her and they was like, baby, you are the bee's knees. You are hot to death and I love you. Let me tell you something. You, me, Italian restaurant right now. You come with me, baby. I will give you any and all, and I mean any and all the breadsticks you want at Olive Garden. Come on down with me. I swear, you and I, we could go get a Slurpee. We can go get uh, 20 hot dogs, whatever you want, and we will sit back and we will watch the Food Network all day. What do you want, baby? I got you. <laughs> as well as, you know, white supremacy and all that jazz. So next is health. What we know is that weight is not a good indicator of someone's health. And also your health is not an indicator of your worth. I, nobody ever said that a health is an indicator of your worth. See, again, this is her problem. She doesn't think that anyone sees her as worthy. Cheddar biscuits, baby. I'm with you, Rama. Cheddar biscuits. I'll do anything. And whatever the crack is that they're putting in those biscuits at the Red Lobster, whatever the F they are putting in those biscuits at Red Lobster. Have you had them? Have you had them? It's like it's crack, heron, crystal meth, and St. Ives beer. I think that's what they put all in that because whatever it is, it is damn good. <laughs> Health is just that, yes, health is an indicator of how long you live. Exactly. I believe that all that hair color and piercings are a cry for someone to love them. Yes, absolutely. Drawing attention to yourself so that they miss everything else. Because again, probably because they don't have any, I don't know, they don't think that they have anything else to offer. Or even if they are interesting, they think that people will never find them interesting because the weight gets in the way. That's what I think it is. You can have health and body related goals for yourself that are not about fat phobia and not about weight loss. So what well, the women then just eat healthy. And why are you like what's with the whole virtue signaling telling everybody else what they need to be doing when it comes to their individual health? Take your own advice. 
This is a cry for help when you have to put videos out like this, when you're explaining to the rest of the world on how they're supposed to behave about your weight gain. Just do you. Let me give you an example. You might decide that you have a goal of hiking a particular mountain in your area. Now you would be engaging in different types of movement in order to achieve that goal. You may or may not lose weight in doing that. And in fact, there's lots of fat mountaineers and hikers. Third what? bucket reason is that you might be facing extreme fat phobia and anti-fat bias in your own life and you have personally mentally hit a wall where you can't deal with it anymore and so you decide to intentionally lose weight that is actually the case with Roxanne Gay who is very tall they are like six foot or six one and prior to their weight loss surgery they would have been categorized as a super fat so being a super fat and being that tall comes with a particular type of physical accessibility challenge as well as anti-fatness and so for that reason Roxanne Gay elected to have weight loss surgery but it's really important that if you still go through with intentional weight loss that you don't sacrifice fat liberation politics because oh yeah that's exactly right Rama Rama says I think this is confession through projection 100 percent Right, that's what this is about. But see, she said this is political. This is like a political thing. With intentional weight loss that you don't sacrifice fat liberation politics because otherwise it's still just fat phobia even if you're doing it for your mental health and yeah. accessibility. Fat liberation politics. Oh, I was totally missing that whole thing. I thought, I, I thought this was really about mental health about being overweight. No, it's fat liberation politics. <laughs> First, there was the PLO, the Palestinian Liber Liberation Organization. Now there's the FLO, the Fat Liberation Organization. <laughs> this is pretty bad. Okay, all right. <laughs> now we know. All right, I wanted to play that. Okay, I've got so much more to get into. This was something that um, uh, Carl and I were listening to in the car. And Carl, I'm so glad I was hanging out with you when I when when, when we listened to this. Uh, and big ups to uh, our good friend Vince Colonnese <laughs> at WMAL and of the Daily Caller. He 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 brought this to my attention as we were driving today that 60 Minutes did this piece this Sunday. I haven't watched 60 Minutes in so long, uh, but 60 Minutes did this piece about, um, apparently, we're facing an extinction-level event. And Vince Colonnese featured it today at about 4 o'clock this afternoon, and I got a chance to listen to some of it. But then I got home, and I went and got some data on it and got some other videos and stuff from this interview they did with Dr. Paul Ehrlich. Now, if you don't know him, that's fine. But this guy is what's called a doomsday predictor. He's like Al uh, Gore on steroids. And more importantly, he's an academic. And this guy has been talking since 1968 about the coming destruction of our planet. Here was 60 Minutes Peace on Sunday, yesterday. 
In what year will the human population grow too large for the Earth to sustain? The answer is about 1970. Now, you heard it, right? At what rate, right, what state would the Earth reach extinction level? Turns out it's 1970, Scott Pele says. Well, what does he mean by that? Well, he means, he means based upon a guy by the name of Paul Ehrlich. And Paul Ehrlich, oh, well, he wrote a book talking about population control back in 1968. And in a 1970 interview, he said this. Your main concern has been the population bomb, as you call it in your book. Do you feel that this takes precedence over any other type of pollution, and certainly human pollution? Uh, Yeah, it takes precedence in the following sense. The reason I named the book The Population Bomb was in 1968 when I wrote it, everybody was getting concerned about pollution, but people hadn't seen the other element. I thought the emphasis ought to go there. The thing that's important to remember about population control is that uh, if we want to avoid a tremendous rise in the death rate, we absolutely must have a tremendous decrease in the birth rate. Now, because the world's population is so young, Uh, It means that even if we got a tremendous decrease in the birth rate, if the average family, completed family size immediately moved down to the vicinity of two, we would still face 40 or 50 years of rapid population growth. There's a tremendous lag time built into it because those young people, the the, the 40% of the people in the world that are under 15, are going to have children and grandchildren before they get old enough to die of old age. So we have this tremendous built-in lag time which means that we've got to start instantly on population control only because we know it'll take so long. We also have to start instantly on all the cleaning up of the environment, changing our resource policies and so on at the same time. So it's not a matter of starting one before the other. Uh, If you only had 50 million people in the United States and the petrochemical industry had its way, uh, we'd all end up dead. Uh, In the same time, if we cleaned up the environment... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC as best as we could and kept the population growing, we'd all end up dead. So it's not one or the other. It's got to be both at the same time. Now, again, Paul Ehrlich, this guy was supposed to be like the climate, the global economist who's supposed to tell us that, hey, if we don't control the population, this again, 1970, that at that time, 3 billion people, oh, it was going to be the death of us all, Right. It was going to be the death of us all if we don't control it now. Again, Scott Pele, last night. Year, will the human population grow too large for the Earth to sustain? The answer is about 1970, according to research by the World Wildlife Fund. In 1970, the planet's three and a half billion people were sustainable. But on this New Year's Day, the population is eight billion. Today, wild plants and animals 
are running out of places to live. The scientists you're about to meet say the Earth is suffering a crisis of mass extinction on a scale unseen since the dinosaurs. We're going to show you a possible solution, but first, have a look at how humanity is already suffering from the vanishing wild. Now, again, these scientists have been saying this since 1970. Folks, that is 50 years they've been saying this. And when it was at three and a half billion, if we don't stop now, oh my God, we've since doubled that, right? Remember what Paul Ehrlich said. If we don't put, we don't put a stop to this, it's going to kill us. We're all going to die, right? Yeah, we need a good old-fashioned meteor strike. Well, they're not talking about a meteor strike. They're talking about famine and all types of other stuff. But that was Paul Ehrlich. But remember... Paul Ehrlich said, if we don't do this now, in 1970, he said, we were going to see famine, we were going to see millions of people dead, and it was going to be hard to sustain, right? But Paul Ehrlich, unfortunately, lived to see everything he say, he says, not turn out to be so true. Scott Paley. Too many people, too much consumption, and growth mania. At the age of 90, biologist Paul Ehrlich may have lived long enough to see some of his dire prophecies come true. None of them did, by the way. Whatever Scott Paley is telling you, that's nonsense. None of his predictions came through. Paul Ehrlich is a complete fraud. You seem to be saying that humanity is not sustainable. Yeah, you mean the same thing you said 50 years ago, Paul? Humanity is not sustainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sustainable. I know. 50 years later, we have more than doubled the, the people that we had in 1970. Yeah, it's not sustainable. We keep growing, though. Maintain uh, our lifestyle, yours and mine, basically, for the entire planet. You'd need five more Earths. Oh, oh you, now we need five more Earths. <laughs> How many did we need before? Not clear where they're going to come from. Just in terms of the resources that would be required. Resources that would be required... Um, the systems that support our lives, which, of course, are the biodiversity uh, that we're wiping out. Oh! Did you hear the word? The biodiversity that we're wiping out. There's a term you didn't hear until when? Just about a little more than a week ago. On the last program of Resunner Radio, we just talked about $575 million dollars that was dedicated in the omnibus bill to what? Biodiversity, population control. And then they drag out old Paul Ehrlich here to start promoting biodiversity. Thank you, 60 Minutes. Finally, we make the connection. Uh, Humanity is very busily sitting on a limb that we're sawing off. In 1968, Ehrlich, a biology professor at Stanford, became a doomsday celebrity with a bestseller forecasting the collapse of nature. When the population bomb came out, you were described as an alarmist. I was alarmed. I am still alarmed. All of my colleagues are alarmed. The alarm Ehrlich sounded in 68 warned that overpopulation would trigger widespread famine. He was wrong about that. (laughs) Yes, he was. Why are we here? Why are we here? (laughs) He he said 
1970 that if we didn't control the population, we would see worldwide famine. Scott Pelley's own words. He was wrong about that. Just in case you didn't hear him, let's make sure that we get it out again. 68 warned that overpopulation would trigger widespread famine. He was wrong about that. Yes, he was. Why are we here? <laughs> John Beckman says, so does Scott Paley want me to kill myself now or help him out? <laughs> oh, to help him out. No, I don't think so. But that's what it sounds like. But again, why are we here? Paul Ehrlich was wrong about the most dire part about all of this. Overpopulation, when we met three and a half billion, was going to kill us all. There was going to be worldwide famine. He was wrong about that. It's the most alarming claim in his own book. I mean, it's literally the headline. And he was wrong. They went on over on 60 Minutes to explain, even though he was wrong, more nonsense. The Green Revolution fed the world. But he also wrote in 68 that heat from greenhouse gases would melt polar ice and humanity would overwhelm the wild. Also, bullcrap. Right? Just so we make sure, listen to it again. That heat from greenhouse gases would melt polar ice and humanity would overwhelm the wild. And we know that's not true. He predicted it. It did not happen. Today, humans have taken over 70% of the planet's land. That's also misleading. Think about this, folks. Humans have taken over 70% of the land. Have they? Well, here's what I did. So I wanted to know this. So I looked it up. I said, wait a minute. Wait, wait, there's no way we took over 70% of the land. That can't be true. So I did. I'm going to type it right here in real time, right? Here it is. I'll just go back to the page that I went to. It says, do humans, no, did humans take 70%? Yeah, I should go back to that. I'm sorry. Let me, let me clear that. I'm going to clear this back up and I'll go here and here. Do humans use 70% of the It says humanity uses 70% more of global commons. That's what it says. 70% of global commons. In other words, these are areas where there are resources, right? So clean air, wildlife, things like that. That is what we use. Not 70% of all land. That's why I put the big giant misleading thing there. Because what he's saying is misleading. We do not use 70% of the land. It's common land, common grounds. That's it. Okay, that means where there are resources, we use 70% of them. That's why that's misleading. And 70% of the fresh water. The rate of extinction is extraordinarily high now and getting higher all the time. Again, the rate of extinction is getting higher. Now, what's he talking about there? Okay, the rate of extinction he's talking about for other species. Why is that nonsense? Here's why. This is the protected area since 1962 to 2010. There are 25% uh, higher, the number of uh, 
oh, designated to protected areas in the world today than from 1962. 25 times more. This is what it was. These were the protected areas for species. This is where it was in, was it 2005? Here's what it is today. 2019? I can't even read that right now. I can't even see it. Hold on. I got to get to my stupid page here so I can see exactly where I wrote it. Because I put it up here. Yeah, 2003 is the green portion, right? 2020 is the is the yellow portion. Just so I could get that right. I couldn't see it from there. That's what that is, okay? That's protected area. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? He's 100% wrong, and he knows he's wrong. Endangered species are in uh, protected areas. And what did we find out? Here, this is nonsense, Humans are not causing a sixth mass extinction. They're not. They're not. And everybody knows it. Here's another one. Here's another piece. Also, provably untrue. This is the, let me get to that page. Yes, this is estimates that 0.8% of the 112,000 planet, animal, and insect species on Earth within its data have gone extinct since 1500. 0.08. That little blue slither, that's the part that's gone extinct. Right there. That little blue sliver. Of all the species, that's what's gone extinct. And what's even better, try this one off for size. This one, this is my favorite one. This is what I love. This is the International Union for the Conservation of Nature estimates that three-fourths of all species are not threatened. Three-fourths. That big red portion is 73%. In blue is critically endangered. Green is endangered. Uh, Yellow or orange is vulnerable. And the red, of course, not threatened. What are they talking about? All of this stuff is provable nonsense. All of it. But that's not what you need to hear. What you need to hear is what Paul Ehrlich really wants. And this, this, my friends, should scare the bejesus out of you. Because in one breath, Paul says that in order to save the planet, we should not have government intervention. Again, he does not believe that in order to save the planet, we need government intervention. Then why did he say all of this? Now, uh, given the population explosion, let alone in this country, what can the government, what ought the government to do about this? Well, what it ought to do is this. The first thing, you, want, you don't want to put, I, I'm against government interference in our lives. You want to minimize that. Right? He wants to minimize government intervention in our lives. But listen closely to what he believes is a way to stop the population from growing in 1970. So the very first thing the government should do is try and take the pressure off to reproduce. There's a lot of pressure in our society now to reproduce. If you're single, people try and push you into getting married. You know, uh, you, your wife, you have a, a, a bachelor over and your wife says, gee, shouldn't I have a nice girl over? The idea is, you know, nobody should escape. So there's pressure to get married. Young couples, if they don't have children, people say, gee, they must be sterile. They never say, gee, maybe they like uh, good wine and going to the theater and so on. They prefer that to scraping diapers. So there's pressure to have children. 
So the first thing that should happen is that the president ought to say, from now, here on out, no intelligent, patriotic American family uh, ought to have more than two children, preferably one. If you're the president should say this. No government intervention, he said. Okay. All right, but the president should say it. That's not really intervention. That's just the president should go to his bully pulpit and say, hey, no intelligent person should have children. Starting a family now. Not, not any law, but just say this is what responsible people do. He ought to make the FCC see to it that large families are always treated in a negative light on television wherever they appear. There ought to be a tremendous amount of television time devoted to spot commercials, the sort we've had against smoking. Uh, but the ones in the middle, say, in the middle of Beverly Hillbillies, you get a scene which shows Los Angeles in the smog, and it just says this city has a fatal disease. It's called overpopulation. So he said that the FCC, a government organization, should run ads on television during the Beverly Hillbillies that tell people to not have more children, that they should be treated as a blight on society. The FCC should create this commercial. People with large families. Yeah. This is the government intervention. Wait, wait, wait. Remember, he said he doesn't want government intervention into our daily lives. He starts off small. He gets bigger. So long. Uh, now, that sort of campaign, you could, you could have a census, a sample census, which would see whether that was having a desired effect. If that didn't, you could move to giving women bonuses for not having babies. That almost certainly would do the job. If that oh, we're already there. We're giving women bonuses, and we're trying to get businesses to come to certain states, Connecticut in particular, because they're offering women abortions. Hey, want to continue to work for 77 cents on the dollar? Come to Connecticut. We'll abort your kids to ensure that you only get that 77 cents. That didn't have the effect. Then you could move to changing the tax structure uh, so that people who had the money and had the children paid for the children. In other words, you would increase taxes on people with children rather than decrease them since they, when they have the children, they require more services. I thought, wait, well, 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 I thought this guy said he didn't believe in government intervention in, in your daily lives. But I thought taxing people to have kids was bad enough. Oh, no, it gets better. If that doesn't work, uh, then you'll have the government legislating the size of the family. And people say, oh, that's impossible. Government can never intrude and tell you how many children to have. Well, I got news. You know, it intruded a long time ago and told you how many wives you can have. Uh, and there's not the slightest question that if we don't get the population under control with voluntary means, that in the not-too-distant future, the government will simply tell you how many children you can have and throw you in jail if you have too many. D I d please tell me you heard that. Throw you in jail if you have too many kids. In the not-too-distant future, Paul Ehrlich said if you have too many kids, the government intervention should throw you. Remember, he is against government intervention of any kind into your lives. And that escalated into first running TV ads to affecting your tax structure to throwing you in jail. I'm dead serious. These people are crazy. They're crazy. You got to go to jail for having this. <laughs> <laughs> Rama said they should have had the ad playing during eight is enough. I agree with you there. <laughs> he says that's a little more generous than China. Their one child limit. Yeah, absolutely. 
People concerned with overpopulation seem to volunteer or to eliminate themselves and their families. Of course, Ehrlich's families would, ne would never be counted in this because he's elite. But he went so far. The part that's crazy was, let me see if I could do this. Oh, this is where he's talking about population control and why it's a must. Think about it. He says the people who need the most population control Oh, this is going to sound really familiar. And this is why Dr. Paul Ehrlich is so beloved by the folks over at 60 Minutes. Look who he believes needs to have their children, let's just say, underpopulated. Your main concern has been the population bomb, as you call it in your book. Do you feel that this takes precedence over any other type of pollution, and certainly human pollution? Uh, yeah, it takes precedence in the following sense. The reason I named the book The Population Bomb was in 1968 when I wrote it, everybody was getting concerned about pollution, but people hadn't seen the other element. I thought the emphasis ought to go there. The thing that's important to remember about population control is that uh, if we want to avoid a tremendous rise in the death rate, we absolutely must have a tremendous decrease in the birth rate. Now, because the world's population is so young, uh, it means that even if we got a tremendous decrease in the birth rate, if the average family, completed family size immediately moved down to the vicinity of two, we would still face 40 or 50 years of rapid population growth. There's a tremendous lag time built into it because those young people, the 40% the, the of the people in the world that are under 15, are going to have children and grandchildren before they get old enough to die of old age. So we have this tremendous built-in lag time which means that we've got to start instantly on population control only because we know it'll take so long. We also have to start instantly on all the cleaning up of the environment, changing our resource policies, and so on. Oh, no, okay, I played this clip already. My bad, my bad. I have to find, I thought I had that clip here. Was that the, was there the clip that he says? Okay, there's another clip. Oh, it must not be here. Okay, I may have, I may have screwed that up. There's another clip in here. Let me see if it's here. I can play the audio here. Let me see if I can find this piece. There's another clip here where he talks about the real importance that he sees in all of this is the fact that they need to minimize white people's kids. He says not blacks, not Latinos, not Indians, none of those people. Hold on, let me see if this is it. No, okay. Yeah, this, there's another piece in there where he just believes. And again, he is like a woke person's wet dream. Because the only person he believes is the affluent whites. They're the ones who don't need to have any children. Because black and brown kids, they don't take up, they don't suck up all the resources. Right? Because in essence, they're going to live in perpetual poverty for the rest of their lives. In perpetuity. Right? That's where they're going to be. They're going to be impoverished. They're not going to use up a whole bunch of resources. They're poor. It's the rich and affluent that need to be controlled. Is even asked this, and I'm going to play this tomorrow too, some more of it. Um, there's this one part where he talks about how even though the, the interviewer says, wait a minute, India has got an overpopulation that's higher than that of the United States, but he doesn't care because he believes that Americans use far more resources and have far more uh, to, to, uh, to sacrifice than in people in India do. So he doesn't care about overpopulation in China. He doesn't care about overpopulation in India. It's America that's got the problem because we're the great consumers. He hates it. And that line that he said about the, um, you know, people, um, what was it? That, oh, the government can control how many wives you can have. So they'll soon be able to control how many children you can have. Like, what is that about?
I hear that, um, according to what Vince Colony said, that he was big on the whole, um, you know, polygamy thing. That that may have been a thing. So the fact that he couldn't have two two wives, so he's got a little issue with the government on that. Says, what if you have twins or triplets, and that puts you over the legal limit uh, of the kids you have? According to Paul Ehrlich, you get arrested, Amy. You got to go to jail. And by the way, can we give Amy a round of applause? I wasn't here to say it before. But if you don't know, um, Amy had posted that she is engaged. Congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Um, Thank you for doing it before I did. Therefore, only putting the pressure on me with my girlfriend now. Um, So thank you for that. Showing everybody your ring online. Thanks. That made me feel, you know, put me right in the pole position. Thank you. (laughs) Beckman says, if I had four wives and no kids, ask Paul to send me a check (laughs) or something for my conservation. (laughs) Oh, I had four wives and no kids. Yeah, I I don't know. Just this is the state of play when it comes to this population control thing. I've said it before and I say it again. The reason why this guy is on 60 Minutes, the reason why he's on 60 Minutes is not because they're tossing this old guy a bone. That biodiversity thing, that's a real deal. That is a real deal. And they are trying to normalize something. Tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, I am going to play a video for you. That you have not seen yet. You probably haven't heard of yet. But they are about to normalize. Assisted suicide. For anyone who wants it. And it's starting. In Canada. How do we know? They've already started producing children's books. To get little kids. Ready for assisted suicide, to talk to them about assisted suicide. I thought that the assisted suicide was only for the terminally ill. According to Canadian Parliament, they are passing a law to allow assisted suicide for even those who are too depressed to live. They are going to make suicide legal. And they're already producing children's books so that kids can not only participate, I mean, sorry, understand the assisted suicide, but participate as well. So we'll have that on uh, tomorrow's show. All right, folks. As I always say, radio is free, so we thank you for paying attention. Remember to keep JC in your hearts and in your mind. Sean Patrick, we love you and we miss you. Remember that panic is not planning, so plan your work and work your plan. Me, I'm Reese on the radio. You have a good night and a pleasant tomorrow because we hope to see you back here tomorrow too. But before we get out of here, we have to say goodbye to 2022. A wonderful year. I hope it was for you as it was for me. Let's take 2023 one day at a time. That's all we can do. We have tonight... Who needs tomorrow? (laughs) In the famous words of Kenny Rogers. (laughs) Enjoy your night. I'm Reese on the radio. You have a good night and a pleasant tomorrow. Because we hope to see you back here tomorrow too. Be good. Holler. Holler.